to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Okay, just to recover something we've already covered. The Lord spoke to me about three or four months ago. He said, basically, it is now rainy season for the church. He also said, anyone who desires for it will get wet. Three weeks ago, he said, let it rain. So we have been letting it rain in here. For anybody who's hungry for the touch of God or the move of God has been touched. And uh, we're just going to let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost again this morning, if that's okay. And if it's not, and if it's not we're going to do it anyway. So it doesn't really make any difference. I don't really need your free will. All right, take your Bibles. Go to chapter John chapter 16. John 16 this morning. Whenever you talk about revival, you have to talk about someone by the name of Holy Spirit because he is revival. He is the revival. He's the catalyst for revival. He's the power behind the revival. He's the wisdom and knowledge of how to handle the move of God. He is everything when it comes to revival. So the better you know him, the better you're going to be able to flow with the Spirit of God. Like even this morning when I said what I said that I don't know I said, but I said it. It wasn't taped, and people want to know what I said, and I don't remember what I said because I was flowing, and I didn't say it out of my mind. Are you following me? So I don't. So you can recall it, write it down. James would like to have a copy of it, but I can't remember something about changing something. But that's just the way it is sometimes. You know, if it's not wrote down and you're in a flow, it just comes out. You know what the heck he said. So. All right, John chapter 16, are you there? Look at verse 13. Jesus is speaking. He says, How be it when he... The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Now notice, if, if you just got born again and you started reading the Bible, you'd think that God probably flunked English. I mean, look at that. Howbeit, when he, the Holy Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will show. Why didn't he just put it all in there and just say he and keep all the rest of the he's out of there and just go on with the sentence? It's like in Genesis chapter 1. It says, and God said, let us make the truth. And God said, let us make man. And God said, why didn't God just said? And then, you know what I mean? God said, make the trees, the animals, the people, and everything. But he did that. Whenever God's doing something like that in the, in the Bible, it's to emphasize something. Do you understand? First is telling you that when you speak, there's power behind what you speak. God said it was created. God said it was created. That means in your mouth, there's a creative force. Thank you for your excitement this morning. And what's he trying to do? He's trying to show you that the Holy Spirit here is a he. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a vapor. He's not a goosebump. He's not a language. He's not a touch. He is an actual person who doesn't have a body to operate here in the earth realm unless he can find a physical body to live in to do his operations. Are you listening? That's what we're here for. That's why the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside of us. So he has jurisdiction down here basically to do what he wants to do, but he has to do it because he doesn't have a body. He has no authority down here, so he has to have a physical body. We, we ran into people already who were demon-possessed. Well, you can also be Holy Ghost-possessed. Ooh, that felt good when I said that. Yeah, and you see people acting like the devil. Well, be careful because you start acting like the Holy Ghost. 
if you could follow the Holy Ghost and possessed by the Holy Spirit. He's on the inside of you. If you're born again, praise God, he's already in there. Glory to God. So he's trying to emphasize here, and, and the greatest problem in the church, I believe, today is that there is lack of knowledge of the reality of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is a real person. He is a person, just like you are a person. When you die, you'll see him as a person. And now in a physical body, we look different because we're spirit beings. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And basically, in that body, when you leave that body, you'll just be spirit. How many of you know that? Well, that's what the Holy Ghost is. But here on the earth, he needs to be with us, to lead us, to guide us, to help us. That's why revival is only done when you know something about the Spirit of God or get to know him very well. Are you following me? So what you want to do is you want to get to know the Holy Ghost. You just don't want to think of him as Sunday morning I got touched. Well, Monday morning he's still there. And Tuesday night he's still there. And Wednesday morning he's still there. And if you're not talking to him and finding out what he wants to do and not being aware of him, basically then you're doing things on your own and only going to him when you get in a mess. See, most of Christianity is just do what you want, screw up, break glass, and pull the Holy Ghost out, and hopefully it gets you out of the emergency that you're in. But you can't do it that way. You follow him on your daily basis. You do everything that, you, that he wants you to do, and basically you start flowing in the Holy Ghost. So he's not a mist. He's not even the, uh, the people when you fall down. That's not the Holy Ghost. It's a sign that the Holy Ghost is here. Are you following me? Because the power of God overwhelms you and it knocks you down. Or people laugh uncontrollably because the Spirit of God is churning on the inside of them and starts to bring out of their belly joy. Praise God. The Bible says out of, out of joy flows the salvation inheritance that you have on the inside of you. So every time you giggle, you're bringing up more of the peace and more of the joy and more of the patience and more of everything that's on the inside of you. So the Spirit of God is living on the inside of us. He is a he. He is a person, not a language, not, not a mist, not a vapor. He is a he, the Spirit of God himself. Now, how do we know the Spirit of God? Well, you know the Spirit of God, and it's, it says in a scripture we're going to read later, that we know the Spirit of God, but the world cannot receive him because it cannot see him. How, do you, how many of you know if you live in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to believe some things you cannot see, yes. but that you know in here? Do you see what I mean? And you don't have to see him to know him. You can see the results of him. I mean, if you tell me it's a windy day and I look out and that one branch on the tree is moving, I'll think you're nuts. Is that right? So if you're in a, in a meeting or in a church where they say, oh, the power of God's strong here and the Holy Ghost really moving, and you don't see anything happening at all, it's obvious they don't know the Holy Ghost and they don't know what they're doing. So basically to know the Holy Ghost, we don't have to see the Holy Ghost to know him because we get to know him and then we know him without having to see him. Are you following me? Yeah. Let me give you a little illustration. Let me pick on someone. Let me pick on Chazzy. Uh -huh. Come here, Chazzy. This is one of my daughters. <laughs> I have four daughters, Shazay, Zimi, who's in the hospital this morning. Father, we thank you for her perfect healing in the name of Jesus. And I have Amber and I have Brandy, praise God. So I've got four daughters, glory to God. All right, I just want you to close your eyes for me. Do you believe I'm here this morning? Yes. Why do you believe I'm here and you know I'm here for sure? Well, I can hear you. Very good. <laughs> right, because she can hear me, but she cannot see me. All right, how do you know it's me? knows my voice. Come on now. You could come up and say, hey, uh, I'm Tom. And she said, no, you're not. I know, I, know my, I know my papa, baby, and that ain't him. See, it's the same way with the Holy Ghost. When you start spending time with him and know him, you will learn his Because, you know, there's a lot of things talking to you all day long. There's natural things, the news media, there are demonic things talking, all these things they're trying to bring up. But when you know someone's voice, okay, how will you know now? Ready? Okay. Touch. Touch. That's why we lay hands here, because when you get touched by the Holy Ghost, 
you know he's real because you get touched by him. Thank you very much. You did a great job. You get A+. Plus. Yeah, so even though her eyes were shut and she couldn't see, she could hear my voice, she could know my voice, she could feel his touch, and by that touch you know somebody's there. It's the same way when we lay hands on people or people get touched by the Spirit of God. It's not me touching them, it's the Spirit of God touching them. Do you see? You have somebody that's not used to the move of God and they come up and they want to get prayed for and you lay hands on them and, and they go flying backwards and fall down and then after the service they'll come up to me sometimes and say, why did you push me? I say, push you, yeah. You shoved me down so fast, I almost fell on my head. And I said, I didn't push you. Many times this is why I do this. They fly back. Well, I got a strong finger. <laughs> one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. No, it's the power of God and the Holy Ghost showing you who he is and the power that he has in your life and the things that will do. Whenever there's power, there's something's going to change or something's going to be affected by it. So all these things are making us aware of someone by the name of the Holy Ghost, and you need that personal relationship with the Holy Ghost in your own life, not just through me or through a, somebody else. You need it in your own life because that's when you really start to move in the right direction. You're led and guided by him, and he always leads and guides you into all truth. Say truth. All right, go to Acts chapter 1. And that's why it always makes me nervous for someone who always says, every time they speak, they always got to say, and God said to me, or God is saying to me, or God said to me. I mean, not, not just even in church, every place they go, they've got a word, and God said, God said, God said. Well, I don't know. Sometimes if you're going to do it that often, I think there's other voices there, and you may get over into God didn't say, but I just want to make everybody know that God said, you see. And it also gives you authority and power and tries to sometimes manipulate people into believing you. Yes. Thank you, Bethany. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because if I say... You're supposed to do this, and you may or may not do it. But I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. God says you're supposed to do this and that. Now you're going to go home, and you're going to say, was that God? Wasn't that God? Well, it must have been God, so I must do it. And then you do it and fail and come back to them, and they'll say, well, the Lord just, I just didn't mess it up that day. That's why if you're going to say God said, you better know. You better know that God said that to you right now, and you're translating it to somebody else. And I'll tell you what, I've got just as much result by not saying God said it all and just saying it to them. And if it's good advice, it'll hit them in the spirit, not in the head, and they'll take that advice and they'll do what you want, but we left God out of it. See, some people are trying to give glory to God, they say, but those people are trying to give glory to them. And we're going to get off that, praise God, hallelujah. All right, Acts chapter 1, are you there? This is for a real deep people this morning. That's why I'm teaching it here, because we have some deep spiritual people here, praise God, hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you for your excitement. You came and praise yourselves this morning. I don't know what's going on this morning. I'd give a hundred bucks to get that hour back right now. Praise God. All right, Acts chapter one. Look at verse eight. Jesus says, "But you shall receive goosebumps. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth." So notice the Holy Ghost when he comes, he brings something called what? He brings power, don't he? And this is supernatural power. This is not natural power. This is not tanks. This is not anything else. It's power beyond all that stuff. And he also brings with him a presence. How many of you notice at the end of the services now there's a presence here? There's a presence to where you just want to sit there and, and veg out. Uh, just sit there and enjoy the 
presence of God because the presence of God is strong. And when you come up to get prayed for, sometimes people come up and say, I was coming up to get prayed, and I got about three steps for you. And all at once I just started, I didn't want to. I just started speaking in tongues. I started praying in tongues. Why is that? Because the spirit on the inside of you was energized, and it started speaking in tongues. But if you ever want to do that, and you're praying in tongues when you come up here, pray until I get there. Then please hold your prayer because I can't get something into you when you're flowing everything you got out to me. It doesn't work. So you're there, you're in a receiving mode. You're not in a giving mode then. So you just want to close your mouth and lift your hands and love Jesus. But if you're going, and I'm standing there trying to push it in and you're pushing it out and I'm pushing it in and you're pushing. You understand? So that's what we do. We just come up to receive. But sometimes people come up and they say, when they get close all at once, I feel like speaking in tongues. Yeah, that's because you're stirring on the inside. But how many of you know you don't have to be stirred on the inside to pray in tongues? You can just pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Say nothing to it. You don't have to. You can, you can trigger it yourself. And all it is, and we'll probably do a study on this one Sunday or something, is the Spirit of God on the inside of you praying in a perfect language back to God through you. But how many know you got to do the speaking? You can't do this. No, you got to open your mouth and you got to go with whatever's on the inside of you. So here it says, you shall receive power. Say power. power. Power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses. Now notice when the Spirit of God is active in your life, one thing you'll have trouble doing is keeping your mouth shut about Him. Yeah. You have trouble. You'll be talking all the time. You just keep conversing and manipulating conversations into Him. You know what I'm talking about, right? You just, you just can't help it, praise God. Somebody says, how's the weather? Well, the weather's great. God did such a wonderful job today. He's just up there doing anything. And he, he's, somebody says, boy, I don't feel good. I'm sick. Well, the Holy Ghost will heal you right now, praise God. In the name of And pretty soon then people, nobody's talking to you anymore. You'll have to go out and evangelize because nobody wants to talk to you anymore because you're talking about spiritual things. But yeah, the spiritual things will come out. You'll talk that way. Here it says you will be a witness. Say be a witness. The Bible never says go witnessing. It says be be a witness. Everybody's gone witnessing, handing out tracts, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to be a witness by your own lifestyle. And the only way you can do that is to hook into the Holy Ghost and live in the character and the nature of God that's on the inside of you. Because if you live in your old nature, you're not going to attract anybody. There has to be a change, doesn't there? There's a change that's done on the inside when you're a new creation. And that new new characteristics on the inside of you, the Holy Ghost bring those things out. All at once you're loving in situations where you should not be loving. You're patient in situations where you should be freaking out. You have peace in the midst of a storm. What is that? That's all connection with the Spirit of God and the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And how I many know we all go through storms? Yeah. I mean, everybody says, well, nobody's gone through what I'm going through. Everybody's gone through what you've gone through. Praise God. We're not separate. We're the same. So the Spirit of God is moving on the inside of us. You won't, you'll have, what does it say, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory which means there's a joy on the inside of you that's even beyond your control and beyond your natural joy that flows out of the inside of you and half the time you can't even speak. When the when we, when we movement of Rodney came around and people were getting touched constantly and they were drunk constantly and everything else, there's times there was pastors getting up behind the pulpit and when they got there they could not talk. And I'll tell you, if you don't think that takes your old uh, pride away. And now Brother Tom be preaching.
Hey, mess you up for your pastor. He might make you want to retire the next day. But God does things, you know. And you find out when that pastor couldn't talk. Now, I'm going to say something here. When that pastor couldn't talk on his agenda, the Holy Ghost did more in five minutes than he had done in his 50-minute sermon. Because the Holy Ghost had an agenda that day, and he wanted to touch people, and he wanted to do seven steps to, you know, the way of this or that, and, and the Holy Ghost just shut him up. Hallelujah. I mean, no people in the Bible were shut up. Couldn't talk. So the power of God is strong. It will do things. But God, God has a desire to move in this earth like never before because God loves people. He's loved you when you were out there. He loves everybody. He wants every single person born again into the kingdom of God, and he wants people operating in the power of this Holy Ghost. So if I'm going to teach, I want to teach with the anointing. If I'm going to preach, I want to preach with the anointing. You don't have to go to a church and be plugged in everywhere. I know that's what I was taught in cemetery. <laughs> was to bring people in. The first thing you do is lock them into something. Put them in, put them here, put them there, put them in, lock them in so they stay in your church and they do this. We're not a church and we're not a membership. We're a kingdom. And we're here. We don't have memberships, basically. We've got kingdom people who want to grow in the things of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So basically, that, that's what we do. We instruct. We teach. We show how you can flow, then go out there and flow into your families and into everything that's around you to make a difference in your life. Praise God. So whatever you're doing, you need to do it by the Spirit of God. I don't care. You, you can actually clean toilets in the anointing. Amen. Right. Or you can clean toilets in the devil. Mm -hmm. Ask pastor. Don't you know I'm a world changer? Wanted to help out the church. He told me to clean the John. Can you believe that? That is the dumbest pastor I've ever seen in my life. Well, if you can't clean the John, then you'll never be a minister. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, go to John 14. Everybody wants to start at the top. But you start at the top, it won't be long before you're on the bottom. All right, John chapter 14, you there? Look at verse 16. Jesus says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you. How long? Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall what? Be in you. So here is Jesus. He's trying to instruct his disciples. He's just about to leave. He's trying to teach them something. And he says, basically, right now, uh, I am with you, with the Spirit of God in me. But there's going to come a day when he's no longer going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. Now, remember when Adam and Eve, they sinned and they failed. The Spirit of God left mankind at that time, and mankind went back to the nature of the devil. He had no Holy Ghost in him. In the Old Testament, the Holy Ghost was not were in people. He worked upon people. He came upon people for a certain job or to be king or whatever. He came upon them, but he was not living in them. So Jesus is telling right now, up until this time, you've known the power of God in a box that they call the tabernacle. That's where he lives. That's where he's at. But there's coming a day when the veil will be rent from top to bottom, and the Spirit of God's going to come out of that veil, and he's going to live inside different tabernacles, which are us. Glory to God. Isn't that good? That's really good. I'm glad he's in us, because if he's just with us like Jesus, if he was in Stuart this morning, we'd be up here. We'd be out of luck. We'd have a hard time doing something without him, right? We'd have called Stuart and say, when are you coming, Jesus? I can only hold him so long. I've sang, I've danced, I've done everything I could do. 
No, but he, we got him in us, don't he? And nobody explains this to you. So here I am. I'm a, I'm a little boy, and I'm in, I'm in a denomination, and I'm almost 30 years old, and God touches my life, and he saves my life. So for the first four or five months, I'd get up every morning and at 7 o'clock, and I'd go to church, Catholic church. I would go there, and I would go to church, and afterwards I would go up front to the box, and I'd spend some time with the Lord, talk to him, listen for his voice, talk to him, leave. Next day I'd go to church. I'd go up in front of the box, and I'd talk to him. Why is that? Because nobody ever told me that I had become the box. So I was going to a box with the Holy Spirit in me that probably wasn't even in the box. Do you see what I mean? To talk to him because that's what I knew and that's what I was brought up on. So I figured I had to be in front of the box if I was going to hear from God. It definitely taught me to hear from God because if you can hear from a box that he's not in, <laughs> you could certainly hear from him if he's in you. You see? So then all at once I got a revelation. I read the Bible, and all at once it, it came up with all these things. It said basically, uh, well, go there. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. The thing I did when I got born again was I read the Bible. I don't care how long you've been born again. You still need to read this book. So I'm reading along. thought I'd read Corinthians, reading, and I get to chapter 3 and look at verse 16. And Paul says, know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And I said, no, I do not know that. I, God is in a box. And then I'm thinking heresy. Because I know he's in a box. I've been taught he's in a box for 30 years. And now Paul wants to come along and mess things up. So I just kept reading. I went to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Then he really spoke to me. Look at verse 19. What? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So notice he told him twice. He had to tell the Corinthians twice. Some people say, I heard that sermon before. Great. You ought to hear it about ten more times. Maybe you'll get it this time. See? And Paul wasn't afraid. He just kept teaching. He says, it's better for you if I just keep teaching you the same stuff because you'll get it then. So he goes back to the Corinthians. He says, what? I, like I told you once, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own, but you were bought with a price. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and one of the things I determined right away when I got born again, when I said I was bought with a price, I went back and tried to find out what the price was that I was bought with. And I found out what the price was in my eyes God must have thought I was worth that price or he wouldn't have paid that price to buy me back. Is that logical? Yeah. And when I found out that Jesus went to the cross, suffered and died and shed his blood to buy me back, I must be worth something. See, God doesn't save you to make you worthy. He saves you because you were worth it. Glory to God. That just changed my whole perspective of him. I was no longer a loser, no longer a sinner, no longer God doesn't care for me. He doesn't like me anymore. My God, look what he paid for me. He's going to pay that price unless I'm something to him, unless I'm a child of his, unless I'm um, something very special to him. So that helped me think, wow, you know, what if he'd have, he'd have killed a goat? I'd have felt like a goat. Thank you for killing the goat, Jesus. See, that's all the Old Testament did, but it's different now. He died for you. And for you, and for you, and for you, and for you. So you need to get up out of that grave, and get up out of that grave, get up out of that grave, get up out of that grave. And the grave you're in is right here. Right. See, he raised Zechariah from the dead. Who did he raise from the dead? Help me. Lazarus. 
late. Everybody beat you. I'm surprised. I am surprised. You came in like third or fourth place. Oh, she only had four hours of sleep too? Okay. Praise God. Is there anybody that had more than four hours of sleep in here this morning? Good. Three of you. That's good. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. He raised him from the dead and he came out boink, 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 boink. But then he said, loose him. See, a lot of us have been brought out of the grave, but we're not loosed. And we haven't been let go. So we're a bunch of mummies bouncing up and down all over the place, not knowing what to do. But the Spirit of God on the inside of us will help us with that. So here he says, second time. The second time. Say the second time. All right, go up to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. We're still in Corinthians now. We're just doing chapter number 2. Second Corinthians 6, are you there? Look at verse 16. And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has already said. Now, how do you know this is a God-said thing for sure? I will dwell in them, and I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So at once I figured not only is he in me, but when I walk, he walks. When I go to work, he goes to work. When I go out on the route, he was on the route. When I did all these things, why? Because he's on the inside of me, and I am his mode of transportation wherever he wants to. Oh, Lord, go heal him. Why don't you take him there? Do you see? Take him there. That's why we go to the hospital. We lay hands on people. Basically because we want to take the spirit of God who's on the inside of us. The Bible says lay hands on the sick, and they shall. See? Praise God. So what are we? We're like delivery boys. You know, they deliver pizzas. We deliver Holy Ghost. We deliver healing, power, comfort, peace on the inside. We're delivery people. But it's not going to get done unless we're the ones who are doing the delivery, especially in this time of revival, because people's hearts are being worked on right now, whether you know it or not. They don't look like it, but some people out there who have been rejecting God for a long time, their hearts are being convicted right now by the Spirit of God and the things that they see. They're running into things all the time that say it's time to make a difference in your life and turn and make adjustments. You're just not there. So when you come, they're going to be there. The, the harvest is ready. But there's a labor problem. It's in the Bible. The laborers are few. But the harvest is. Well, if the harvest was ripe 2,000 years ago when this book was when, when, when they translated, it's got to be almost rotten by now. And the problem it's rotten is because people aren't picking the fruit. And the people aren't picking the fruit are going to be the people who know God and who operate in the kingdom of God and who set people free. So he tries to tell you, hey, God lived. You're the temple of God. Now you're the tabernacle. You're it. You're one. And thank God we're new creations. How many of you know that? Yes. It says hey, don't put new wine in old wineskins. Why? Because you'd burst. That's why ye must be born again. You don't put a, a new cloth on an old garment. Why? Because you've got to have that new, because a new will rip all apart and won't make it work. So we were new creations in Christ Jesus. We're different now. We've been righteousness of God in Christ. We're in a place where the Holy Ghost can reside and can live because you've been made righteous in your life. You are a holy dwelling place for him on the inside. But you couldn't do that until the day that you got born again and got changed in that day. So now we're temples of the living God, which is wonderful, isn't it? Gosh almighty, praise God. All right, go to, we're in 2 Corinthians. Go to chapter 3. Thank you, Chrissy. Somebody's getting it. I can feel it now. It's way in the back, but praise God, you're getting it. Was the speaker on up front or just back there by you and Pat? I'll tell you. You could see what I could see. 
If you see what I see, do you hear what I hear? Do you know what I know? It's Second Corinthians chapter three. See what you do? You trigger people. Yeah. He's getting pulled from both sides, the poor guy getting torn in two. Make up your mind, one of you. Keep going. <laughs> All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, are you there? Yes. All right, look at verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory glory even as by who? The Spirit of God. So here it's talking about the Spirit of God. It's talking about basically now the Lord is that Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is. Now how many know where is the Spirit of the Lord? In you, but He's everywhere, isn't He? Yes, he but is. He's not in manifestation everywhere. He needs a person who has a Spirit in them to allow Him to manifest. We, we saw last week, it's the manifestation of the Spirit that profits everybody else, including yourself. So you can carry around the Holy Ghost your whole life, never have a manifestation of the Holy Ghost, whether He gives you a word or whether He gives you a teaching or whether He does something in your life, and basically just carry that and never give birth to it. In other words, you're pregnant with the Holy Ghost but have never given birth to Him. Are you following me? And that's because, number one, you don't believe He's in there. You believe He's in church. Now, a lot of people believe he's in this building. Well, he's in this building because you're in this building. <laughs> See, he wasn't here until I got here this morning. Then he showed up. But he showed up on the inside of me. Are you following me? And we've got to go back where the Holy Ghost is. No, you got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and you don't know it. Therefore, he's not manifesting in your life anyplace. You're still angry. You're still manipulative. You're still upset. And you've got the answer right here on the inside of you, praise God, the whole time. So it says, and another translation says, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit is Lord... It's different, isn't it? The difference between the Spirit being there and the Spirit being Lord. Where the Spirit is Lord, then there is liberty. Why? Because now the Spirit is Lord of my life. We sang it, all of my life, all of my life. And then we leave here and give him a little bit of my life, a little bit of my life. But no, you give him all of your life. You let him make the big decisions. You follow to what he does. He gets things out of your life. He, he puts things into your life. All this is part of your walk down here. And how many you know it goes quickly? You may not believe that if you're young. But if you're older, time goes fast. Can I get an amen? amen. My God, you think, oh, now I'm, I'm 60. Things are finally going to slow down, and pretty soon you're 70. You, like, blinked. Like last night, we lost an hour, just like that. <laughs> pretty soon you lose 10 years of your life. You want to, what happened? And you look in the mirror and say, who in the heck? Oh, my God. That's me. Jesus. What happeneth to me? Hallelujah. Yeah, because time goes fast down here. We've only got a period of time. How many of you knew that down here? Now, how many know after this we're going to have plenty of time? You know, once you leave here or whatever, we're coming back to this earth, and it's going to be a righteous earth. It's going to be a holy earth. It's going to be party time from start to finish with the power of God and the Spirit of God. But that's not quite yet. We're here to get as many people extended into the kingdom of God as we can. So it shows you here basically, but we with open face. Say open face. Open face. So you're either going to look at this word and the things of the Spirit with an open face or a closed face. What is a closed face? You, you can't see it. You don't want to see it. You don't want to believe that's the Spirit of God. You don't want to believe tongues are for today. You don't want to believe any of these things spiritual. He'll keep you in the natural mind because the natural mind cannot discern the things of the Spirit. So he'll keep you. You just deny anything you can't understand. 
And how many know that's everything in the spirit? That's everything in the spirit. Because you can't understand it. And you're not supposed to. You were never commanded to understand it. You were commanded to believe it. Is the Holy Ghost in you? Yes. How do you know? The word of God says so. See? I mean, you go to the doctor and he takes a picture and looks at your kidney. He tells you there's a kidney in there. And you don't even think about it. You don't think, do I, have a, do I have a kidney? Don't I have a kidney? I might have a kidney. I don't know. Do you think that doctor knows what you're talking about? I have it. No, you just say, I got a kidney. It's got a spot on it. How do you know? Well, the doctor said so. Well, God said you got a Holy Ghost in you with the power of God, and he just said so. He didn't even take an x-ray, praise God. He knows. But see, we'll believe the doctor, won't we? We'll believe everything he tells us, but we have trouble believing this word. And when you open your face up and say, God, I'm just going to read this book, and I'm just going to believe it. If it says I'm raised and seated in heavenly places, then I'm going to be raised and seated in heavenly places. That's where I'm at. If it says I'm healed, then I'm healed. Because all the promises of God are? Yes. So if they're yes and amen, and he promised healing, he came to fulfill that when he came, then healing belongs to us. But you may have to fight for your healing sometimes. Are you following me? And the only fight we fight is the good fight of faith that says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, and by his stripes I have been healed. So I'm healed. That's where I'm at. So then something comes counterwise. Now what are you going to do? See? Are you going to resist it or are you going to claim it? We do, don't we? We claim it. And then we go to God to try to get him to die on the cross again to take care of our thing. But that's not it. You've already been healed 2,000 years ago. You've already been blessed. Blessed with what? Every spiritual blessing, the Bible says. Oh, Lord, please bless me. God says, with what? I'm out of blessings. I've given them all to you. They belong to you. You are one blessed individual, let me tell you. But we won't believe it. And the way we hook into it is through faith in believing what we don't see based on the Word of God. See? And it, uh, he read a scripture the other night. It says that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We've been instructed that faith will get you the victory that overcomes the world. But it doesn't because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Do you follow? If I just get enough faith, I'll have it. No, you have it. Now just believe it. See? But we don't believe we have it because there's something in the natural telling us that we don't have it, and we believe the natural more than we believe the spiritual. So we go back to the natural again. I just don't have any peace today. Well, yes, you do. It's in there. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Why don't you? Because I don't feel any peace. Well, did God say you have peace? He did. Then do you have peace? No. Well, you're not going to get the peace of God on the inside of you released by disagreeing Two can't even walk together unless they be. And the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You're one of the negative witnesses. I don't care how many scriptures you dig up, you're still a negative witness, and you're the main one. So we just want to stay in agreement with God, don't we? We want to believe what he's telling us. We believe on the inside of it. Are you righteous? No. But I'm going to be. There's none righteous. No, not none. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then you read the scripture, says, but you've been made the righteousness of God through what Jesus did in your life. So why, why do we stop reading there? I'll tell you why, because we look at things with a closed face. And we can believe the I'm a sinner, but we can't believe I'm the righteous. So we try to become the righteous by doing it in our own works. And how many know, how many have ever tried that? How many have ever tried to get saved in your own works? Get holy in your own works? Get righteous in your own works? Are you tired yet? That'll just wear you out, man. You can't do it. He did it all. Your life is not based on what you do. It's based on what he already did for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. And it's already been done for you. So here it says we'll be changed, but we'll be changed by the Spirit of God. Say the Spirit of God. So we need to know the Spirit of God, don't we? In order to, to operate in the things of God, you're going to have to know the Spirit of God. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 12.
Right now, everybody's talking about revival. Everybody's talking about being revived. Everybody's talking about the moves all over the different countries and the United States and everything else, which is good. But no, let me tell you something. If you never lose your vibe, <laughs> re means to do again. So just hang on to your vibe, and you'll never have to be revived. You'll never need the re because you're vived. Are you following me? And at one time, you must have been vived, or you wouldn't need revived again. Are you listening? Jesus came to restore us. Why? Because at one time, apparently, mankind was stored. But now they've got to be, because we lost our store, and now he's come to restore us to that place. And now he's trying to revive you. And most of your revival might have took place the day you got born again. The day you got born again, I mean, nothing mattered to you in the world whatsoever. Jesus loves me. I am saved. Praise God. He's real and glory to God. But then as time went on, things got in the way, didn't they? This world got in the way. The news media got in the way. Your life got in the way. Your, your family's got in the way. And you lost that fire that you had on the inside of you. Hebrews chapter 12, look at verse 1. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed with a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race set before us. This is a good verse here. Look what it says now. This is, this is your revival. This is how to do it right here. Wherefore, seeing you are compassed about with a great cloud of witness, lay aside every weight, say weight, weight. and the sin. Say the sin. Weight. Now notice this is interesting because he did not address sin like we do a lot. He addressed weights first because the only time you get into sin is when you're shackled by weights in other words when you're lusting after something in the natural going after something in the natural going after something you don't need grab something all these weights are on you but if you keep the weights of this world off of you you'll have no trouble sinning because the temptation will not be there for you to sin because being weighed down by the world what steals your peace and joy does hitting the lottery steal your joy anybody say oh my god i just hit the lottery this is terrible no, things come against you to steal that joy. What is that? That's a weight. It's not a sin that you, you see. So what do you want to do? We want to get rid of the weights, first of all, that are the things that are obstructing us from the kingdom mandate, from the kingdom purpose, from your purpose in your life. Because when you're doing your purpose, there's nothing but joy. There's nothing but peace. There's nothing but any of these things in your life. So we want to get rid of the weights that are there so we can live in revival. Whenever you're spending more time doing something other than spending the time with him, See, even, I mean, you know, even when you're on the job, you can be spending time with him. Or you can be just about ready to kill your boss, either one, whichever you want to do. Depending on how you're thinking that day, see. And that's just the way it is. And the battle's right up here again to do that. So we want to get rid of any weight. Anything that starts to take over your life, just drop it for a while. It's not saying get rid of it forever, but then go back to it a little bit and make sure it doesn't take over the Spirit of God and everything that you have in your life. All right, go to Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah, glory to God. Some rough hoeing today. I feel like I'm digging with a shovel. I don't care. I'm getting it. I'll tell you, the kingdom life is a wonderful place to be. I'm telling you right now, man. It is just a good place to be. You get rid of all that junk that don't make any difference anyway. You don't try to solve everybody's problem. Oh, my God. You've got people out there that think they can solve everybody's problem in the world, man. You're in trouble. Just deal with your own situations, for God's sakes. Pray for them or something, but don't get involved in everything. My God, it just takes a sap right out of you. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't make it harder than it is. All right, Acts chapter 2. How many know the Spirit of God came powerfully on the day of Pentecost? All right, chapter 2, look at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, say fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Say one accord. Say one place. Now notice, this is a prerequisite for revival in a certain area that people got to come in one accord. That's why in the church we teach you and instruct you on Wednesdays and do it on Sundays so that we come in one accord. Because when you come in one accord, you are able to sustain the Spirit of God when He starts to move among your midst. Otherwise, I'll tell you, when He comes, there's going to be jealousy, there's going to be strife, there's going to be division, there's going to be all these things. And, well, that person got touched and I didn't get touched. I don't know why God touches them, don't touch me. And, I don't, and that pastor had a word for that person, never has a word for man. And that lady sits beside me every Sunday and I just wish. She said someplace else now because I'm really in the Holy Ghost and she keeps around the Holy Ghost. And people come coming in with all kinds of things. I mean, you know, that's the devil coming in to break apart, to bring division, to bring strife. So if you feel like talking against anybody in this church, go to the mirror, slap yourself. Yeah. Slap yourself, pray for them, and get back in line because we want to sustain the Spirit of God in this place. We don't want to drive him out. You know, the Bible says he has a will. The Bible says he has emotions. The Bible says that you can grieve him. So notice, the Holy Spirit must have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, just like we do. So he can be hurt. How can you grieve the Holy Spirit? You can put him in a box and not let him do anything, and you're right. He can tell you something to adjust, and you don't adjust it, and won't adjust it, and pretty soon you don't hear from him anymore. I mean, even, even you, if you're talking to someone and you tell them and they don't do it and you tell them and they don't do it and you tell them, you don't, how many pretty soon do you just quit telling them? Right. Yeah. Just either just to let it go because apparently it's not going to work. So you just got to pray for them and, and let the power of God operate. So notice one accord, look at verse 2. And suddenly, say suddenly. suddenly. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. Now how many of you know right now, as of, that's all that's took place so far, these people knew something was up. They'd never seen anything like this before. All at once there's a rush and mighty wind. It filled the entire house. They had the door shut. They had the windows down, but there was a wind inside that place, so they had to know something would happen. Verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now not only is there a wind, but they're seeing a, a tongues of fire on top of everybody's head. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them what? Right. Now that's what we talk about speaking in tongues, don't we? How do we speak in tongues? Basically, as the Spirit gives us utterance, we speak in tongues. And look at verse 5. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, and the multitude came together, and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now how many know that's a manifestation of the Spirit? You can have someone speak and, and not speak in the language for people to understand it, and you can't. I've prayed over people already and prayed in tongues over there, and I spoke in their native language. Did not know what I was saying, did not know their native language, but it was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost because they understood. They'd come up and say, well, I'm glad you, you speak Spanish because you really delivered me this morning, and I had to tell them I barely speak English. What is that? It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, not all the time will that happen, but sometimes he views to do it. So these guys are seeing tongues of fire on these people's head. He's seeing a mighty wind. He's seeing them filled with the Holy Ghost. Here they are speaking in tongues. Look at verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying to one another, What meaneth this? Verse 13. Others mocking said, I know the problem. These men are full of new wine. Say new wine. 
Say it again, new wine. Okay, so I, I'm not on the Pentecost side. I'm on the other side. I just went to the synagogue to go to church today. That's all I want to do is spend my hour there and get out. Not once the wind's blowing my hair all over the place. I'm happy to fix it. My comb out when nobody's looking. Now there's tongues of fire on everybody's head. Now once they're jumping up and down and speaking in other tongues. And I look at them and I say, these people are drunk. Now, why would they think, this is deep, why would you think that he thought they were drunk? Could it have possibly been that they were acting like drunk people? Yes. Could it have been? Could have been, couldn't it? Yeah. He looked at him, and the first thing that came to his mind was, these people are drunk. How many of you have seen people drunk in this place before? And other people are sitting in the back going, what meaneth this? What meaneth this? It means someone got filled with the Holy Ghost, and they look like they're drunk. Now notice, the only people, I hate to say this, but the only people who thought they looked drunk were ones who were not But in our church today, it's the drunk ones that are weirdos. But not me. I'm dignified. I don't do that touching stuff. I don't do that rolling around on the floor. I certainly don't do that laughter stuff. But I've got the joy. It's on the inside of me. It's, I got the joy. You got the joy. And yet in the church, it's changed so far from Acts chapter 2 that if you have any kind of service where the Holy Ghost moves, you're in trouble. They're ready to throw you out, man. They're writing letters about you. They're coming after you because the church has been so brainwashed by the devil in the last 2,000 years that anything out of the ordinary just doesn't work. But the day of Pentecost that we, we celebrate every year, could you imagine, oh, my God, that if on the day of Pentecost in every church in the world the Spirit of God started moving and half the people got drunk? Think about that. Wouldn't that be something? you got half your congregation laughing on the floor, can't even talk, spitting all over the place, and the other half wondering what the heck is going on. See? And then you got a pastor who sees that, and all he sees, let me tell you what he sees, losing half of his congregation, which equals half of his offering, which equals not as much money as I was getting when I was dignified. So the next week we're going to preach against tongues and not being too crazy. And certainly to stop drinking of the Holy Ghost if he comes around. See, they're afraid they're going to lose half their church. Well, who cares? See, but this is where we're at right now. This is where we're at. What happens here at times cannot happen. People say, why didn't it happen in other church? Because it'll never be allowed to happen in those churches. They won't do it. They just will let it go. See? And they, if they allow it to happen, then, you know, they're going to be labeled this or that, and people get mad. I mean, every church that I've ever seen anything start quickly, and it's always caused division. It'll cause division among the leadership, won't it? You can have five people in leadership, and all once the Spirit of God starts moving, you've got two that like it, two that don't, and the poor pastor's stuck in the middle with no place to go. So let's see. Let's check their giving. Okay, they give a little bit more over here on the non-drunk side. So I'm going to start to lean that way a little bit and go that way. See, because everything's about the money and everything. It's, you're either a minister or you're not, you know. You either got the Holy Ghost in your hearts there or not. It is fear. You're right. It's fear. 
It's fear of what could happen if the Spirit of God actually moved in our church. And yet you got the people every week coming, revive us, Lord, revive us, Lord. And then when he does, it's anything but revival. But see, you people can't, can't scare you away with nothing now. We done drove all the fear out of you. The love of God, perfect love casts out all. And what God does by his spirit is always a love thing. It's always if you get touched because he loves you. If you don't get touched because he loves you. He loves you whether you do or whether you don't. It's not, not the point. But the spirit of God wants to move. So here is all these people who look drunk. And the natural people said they look drunk. And basically, of course, he stood up and he preached. Look at verse 16. Oh, verse 15. He said, these aren't drunk as you suppose. My gosh, it's only 9 a.m. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out the spirit in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show signs, and I will show wonders in the heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and a vapor of smoke, and the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before that great and notable day, and the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. saved. Now notice what happens. When revival hits, the next thing that happens was people start calling on the name of the Lord. We're seeing that in the revivals that are going on right now. People who don't even know the Lord are getting in his presence and calling on the name of the Lord and getting born and getting saved into the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is progressing. You may not know it, but it is. It is progressing at a very rapid pace. You're not going to see that on CNN. You're not even going to see it on Fox. No, it's not going to be on TV, praise God. Even if they show something, it's going to be a quick clip and get the heck out of there before somebody knows what's going on. But sooner or later, they're going to have to. They ain't going to have no choice. They're going to have to. Some news man's going to be doing news and drop dead, and somebody's going to come in out of the studio and raise his hind end up right in front of everybody, and they're going to see the power of God on display, and they're going to have to make a decision. Say, everybody makes a decision. How many of you had to make a decision? Not only to get saved, but whether you're going to flow with God and the Spirit of God and the operation of God or whether you're just going to sit in a seat and occupy it for 62 years until you go to retirement home and die and go up to heaven. You make that choice every single day. We make that choice. But we're not going to do that, praise God. Like I told you before, I knew this was coming 30 years down the road. I got to a place for a while where I didn't think it was going to come in my lifetime, but now I'm feeling pretty good about whether it's going to come in my lifetime right now. Now I'm starting to feel good about it. There's a new bubbling on the inside. There's a new fire on the inside. This thing's progressing. It's gone. And we're hearing about nation over here where thousands are getting saved, and nations over there where thousands are getting saved. And we love those people, but we're concerned with this nation right here. That's what we want to do, praise God. Hallelujah. And we want to bring that revival every single place we go. You are a carrier. You're a carrier. We get sick and we don't want to hug a certain person because they might catch it. You ought to be hugging everybody so they do. Here, catch what I got. Let me go. Not yet. You didn't, you didn't catch it yet. No, you definitely didn't catch it yet. Because the Spirit of God can be transported. It can be moved. It can go from one to another, praise God. The power of God is there. All right, one more verse. Chapter 2, look at verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the... Now look at the next one, verse 39. For the promise is upon you and to your... 
and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall what? Praise God. So the promise is not even just to us. It's to our descendants. It's to the one after, to your children, to your grandchildren, to the ones down there, that the opportunity to flow in the power of God, the Spirit of God is already there. The Holy Ghost is not just to a certain people over here and over there. He's for everybody, praise God. And he's trying to get in this earth and move and show people that he is alive. He is a he. He's not a touch. He's not a goosebump. He's not anything. Those are effects of him. But he is a real live person. And I don't know how to talk to him. How do you talk to everybody else? you got no problem talking. <laughs> I wake up and say, Holy Ghost, what do you want to do today? Anything special? No, I'll just go on with my agenda. And you want to change something? You just tell me and we'll change it. And, and sometimes we laugh together. And sometimes we see people and laugh together. Don't have to look far to get that one, praise God, hallelujah. No, Spirit of God, just, you just talk to him, praise God. And that still small voice on you will talk you back, and he'll talk to you in line with the word of God. That's why you must know the word of God to know if he's talking to you in line with the word of God. So that's why the Bible's so important. I mean, if he tells you, hey, this wife isn't good enough, go get another one, how many know that's not him? <laughs> Wait, I heard from the Lord this morning. No, 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 that's not in line with the word of God. That's not, hey, hold that grudge on them and get them back. That's not in there. See, all these feelings and emotions that come to us are not God. So you've got to know what this book says. And it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So I tried real hard to love me. And now I want you to know I love me. Because I can only love my neighbor as much as I love myself. How are you? No good. Just a sinner. I can't do anything, but I love you. Please don't love me like that. <laughs> please, please, please don't love me like that. No, thank you. Because you can't love anybody then. So you've got to love yourself first, and you do that by taking advantage of everything that Jesus provided for you. Praise God on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise to God. All right, jump up this morning. Or stand up if you can't jump. Glory to God. Well, let me just tell you this morning while you're there. First of all, raise your hands. Yell hallelujah. hallelujah. Let me tell you here that, that we are going to be ministering in the Holy Ghost, I'm sure, for a few more months now. But let me tell you another thing, too. This morning we are not going to lay hands on people for that purpose of this can also become something that's done every week, week, week that you start taking for granted. And if you do, that kills revival. He wants to be wanted. He wants to be needed. He wants to be there. He wants to have something. And if he, here we go again. Pastor Tom's done. Now he's going to call people up and lay hands on them. They're going to get touched. They're going to fall down. I got lunch at 1230, and it's now seven minutes till. And when we get to that stage, and that's what happens when it happens all the time, do you see? When they have revivals outside of church, people come they're not in church, so if they, they're hungry, they can come. You can lay hands on them every single night because those are people who are hungry for God or else they wouldn't be there to begin with. But in church, you've got people who are in church because it's Sunday and it's church day and it's, church is at 1030, but we'll be there by 11. Did I say that? thought I heard God's voice. You know what I mean. We love you people, praise God, and we want to bring you up in the way. So laying hands is great, 
We're not going to do it this week. Maybe be done next week, week after. We'll, we'll just play it by ear. We want to follow the Spirit of God in this thing. Okay, is that all right? But at meantime, you need to build a relationship with Him this week. The Spirit of God, understand that He is real and he, He's making a difference in your life. All right, just close your eyes. Father, I thank you for your Spirit this morning. I thank you for what you have taught us and instructed us. Father, we want to stay hungry for you, not just for a three-week period, a four-week period, a month period. We want to stay hungry for you each and every day, Father. We want you to do, Spirit of God, what you want to do in our lives and in our hearts every single day. Continue to change me, praise God. Change me the way I operate. Even let me operate in more of the patience I have and more of the peace and more of the joy and more of the love. And I thank you now for your spirit of God who continues to bring us revelation each and every day. And we just love you and thank you for all that you're doing in Treasure Coast Victory Center and around this world. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay. Praise God. We will see you Wednesday night at 730. the key.